Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan, and thanks for joining me on this Labor Day weekend. Wondering what Labor Day weekend is all about? We'll tell you about that later on in the program. Coming up in the program today, however, we are going to find out about a big celebration in October, celebrating the inaugural class of the Luzerne County Arts Entertainment Hall of Fame. We'll tell you about the members and how you can be there for an evening that's going to be turning out to be full of entertainment. Speaking of entertainment, Let's get into the Wayback Machine today and head back to the 1980s. That's because Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre will be producing their upcoming production, The Wedding Singer. It's coming to town. Take a chill pill. Get ready. Put on your best members only jacket and get set to head out for a night of fun. We'll tell you where and when that's happening. Starting us off, however, we're going to introduce you to Gary Perna. He is the president and CEO of the United Way of Greater Hazleton Incorporated. Gary is here to tell us that the United Way is putting its focus on children, especially to help them succeed in school. The Dolly Parton Imagination Library and the Nurse Pantry are just a few of the programs he's here to get the word out about. We're going to have the first opportunity that we've had here to catch up with the United Way of Greater Hazelton and the man who is now officially in charge, Gary Perna. So what's been going on? Uh, good day, Paula. I, we have been very busy here in Hazelton with the United Way of Greater Hazelton. And uh, officially, uh, earlier this month, marked my first full year. Uh, at the helm of this wonderful organization. So we have been very busy. And since you have been at the head now, there have been some changes made. Give us some of the background on that and what brought all this about. It started uh, officially August 1st of 2022 when I uh, took over as the interim president CEO for the retiring Pat Ward who many in the region know, have spent many years uh, leading this agency. And Pat decided it was time to retire. So after a, a conversation, really, it was three months prior to August 1st, I took over. And that really that first year was getting my feet wet, learning everything 
as an outsider to the United Way network and learning how things are done, how uh, everything works in nonprofit, because it was really my first time heading up a, a nonprofit agency, spending time in media and in government, and then making a jump, jump to nonprofit. So uh, a lot of work was done to get me up to speed in probably the first few months. And then once it all officially happened, there were many new things that came along and or did you initiate these? How, how did the, the, the transition work? What we did was probably six months into it, I sat down with our board of directors. Of course, we have a, a board of volunteers who oversees our operation and works hand in hand with myself and our staff. And we started having a conversation about, are we really making a difference? What should we be doing as a nonprofit organization that deals with social services and human services? What are some of the things that we see now in our community as an ever-changing community here in the greater Hazel region? What can we do to make sure that we're taking care of our folks? So we started kind of looking at different ways, had different opinions, And the board uh, and I agreed that we needed a steering committee. So we brought in two members of our board of directors, three members from the community at large, and started having a real conversation about where we have been doing work and where we think we need to be going. And started having conversations with community leaders uh, about the real need. And we wanted to focus uh, on something that we could hopefully make better and and move our community um, along. So after a few meetings, uh, months of discussion, we decided in June of this year that we were going to focus very heavily on children in our community. And we wanted to focus on uh, education. We wanted to focus on making sure our children are protected, to make sure our children are bed and clothes and that we can get them to school so they can learn and succeed. So uh, one of the things that led to this uh, decision was a few months prior, I was at a conference of the United Way of Pennsylvania, and we got these new statistics thanks to the census. And we found that uh, about 58% of the households in our region uh, are living at or below the poverty level. And that's just a huge number. And it's something that took me really by surprise. So we drilling down in those numbers and tried to figure out exactly what we could do. And that's how we came up with looking at the best way to serve our community. So we have some great initiatives that we have started here in in our region. We've had the Dolly Parton Imagination Library uh, going for a few years here in Hazleton. We kind of revised it a little bit. We're working with the Lehigh Valley Hospital here in Hazleton. Every child that is born at that facility, their parents have the opportunity to sign their child up for books, one book a month from newborn right up to age five. So we're getting the books into the hands of the parents. They come both uh, in English or Spanish, so we can get that learning going before they're getting into even pre-K and then into kindergarten. So that's a huge thing. And we work not only with the hospital, but with some preschools and daycares in our area to make sure we can get kids signed up. So 
if there's anybody listening in the greater Hazleton area and they have a young child who's maybe newborn or two or three and are not enrolled in the program, they can definitely get a hold of our office and we can get them enrolled into that program because we've seen some great numbers uh, coming out of that program. We have over 600 kids enrolled and we've graduated about 700 kids who've gone through the program uh, and are now in elementary school uh, and are doing great. So th- that's just one program that has been doing phenomenal. And we're hoping that that moves that curve up a little bit uh, because we've also seen some numbers about how the, the, the reading grade level is struggling here in our area. So we want to do our best to make sure that the kids are prepared when they go to school. So, Paulo, that's just one uh, one thing so far that we've really been working on. And now with school going back, there are other things that you have actually taken right into the school. And can you give us some of those? Because maybe people are not even aware now that it's the brand new school year that there are things to that they can look for. Yeah, absolutely. So we borrowed this idea from two United Way agencies um, here in our region. And we launched a program called the Nurse's Pantry. And this program, basically, we are supplying right now uh, the nurses at the Hazleton Area Elementary Middle School, also known as the Castle, and the Arthur Street Elementary School with supplies. So they have some items readily available in case children come in that may not have something to start the school year the proper way with. So let's say... Uh, we have a child that comes in and they may have an accident in elementary school. Maybe they rip their pants in gym or, or something like that. We're going to be able to supply the nurse uh, with some of these items. So we've done a collection. We've gone out and received some funding to help this along. So right now, uh, those two nurses' offices uh, will be supplied with bars of soap, shampoo, deodorant, feminine hygiene products, some socks toothpaste, toothbrush, sweatpants, and, and underwear uh, for elementary age children. And this is a way to help get kids to school. And you're probably thinking, well, geez, that's, that's kind of an odd jump. But we have found that there are, are kids in our community who aren't as fortunate uh, as some other ones. So maybe they weren't able to get some new uh, shoes for school, or maybe, uh, you know, some supplies, or maybe they're having trouble at home with showering every day. You know, maybe they just need a little extra help. So what we're able to do with this program is get those supplies to the nurses, the school district, the school board, they have been phenomenal with working with us to get this off the ground going. So as I said, we're going to have these available at Arthur Street and at the Hazleton Elementary Middle School, which is the castle. Uh, And we're hoping to grow this program throughout the school year. Um, The Hazleton Area School District has a lot of elementary middle schools. I think we have about 12 right now. Um, And we would love to get them into all the school district uh, buildings. Uh, And of course, that takes some time and, and takes some effort. So the more help we get, the more help we can offer to the students. So we've been very, um, very blessed so far in receiving donations from individuals and organizations to help this program. And we'll continue to grow the program as much as we can going into the school year. So 
Uh, this is just a great program. It goes hand in hand with some other programs that you're running up to the school year uh, as well with getting kids some haircuts to go back to school uh, and also some school supplies. And we'll also have those available uh, with the nurses as well. So again, we want every child to succeed this school year here in the Hazleton area. And we just want to make sure that we give them every available option that they can do the very best they can uh, this year. So if you are also accepting donations, how can people go about doing that? And are there certain types of things, brands or anything that that people might be able to, if they're going to help, be able to bring the right thing? When we're talking about bars of soap or shampoo, uh, deodorant, uh, toothpaste, we're looking for travel size. You know, I mean, if you're going on a trip, you'd buy the, the smaller bars or the smaller tubes. That's what we're looking for because that's the best to give to the students. Of course, we would accept anything, but they're the best things that we could use right now. And we have availability of donation locations throughout the Greater Hazleton area. Uh, you can head right to our Facebook page, uh, United Way of Greater Hazleton. You can call us at our office, uh, 570-455-9515, if you're looking to make a donation. We've had people who said, you know what, we love the program. We're not really sure what to buy, so can we send you a check? Absolutely. We have uh, our staff uh, goes out and buys and purchase all the uh, items that we need. Uh, if we, you know, people feel more comfortable doing that. And of course, if they want to volunteer and help maybe with the collections or their business owner and they say, Hey, you know what? We would love to put a collection box in our uh, location. They can reach out to us as well. Uh, we can get all that squared away. Uh, again, we're doing the collection for the nurse's pantry throughout the school year. So uh, again, because, you know, we need to make sure this is available from the beginning to the end of the school year. So uh, once again, uh, any help that anyone could provide would be uh, extremely appreciative. And can you give us the website and again, the Facebook and even the phone number so that if anybody is listening and they would like to be able to get more information, they would know where to find you. Absolutely. So the best place uh, is the United Way of Greater Hazleton Facebook page. We also have United Way of Greater Hazleton LinkedIn page. Uh, you can find us on the internet at hazeltonunitedway.org. You can call us 570-455-9515. Um, and you could talk to myself or any of our staff members. You could reach out to us uh, as well with, with any questions uh, regarding any of our programs at the United Way of Greater Hazleton and we're just uh, really excited to see the school year get off on the right foot for so many in our community. Thanks once again to Gary Perna, president and CEO of the United Way of Greater Hazleton Incorporated. And again, you can find more information at the United Way of Greater Hazleton Facebook page, at the United Way of Greater Hazleton LinkedIn page, or you can go to the United Way of Greater Hazleton.org and their number 570-455-9515. Next on Special Edition, we're going to go into our time machine and head back to the 1980s and tell you where The Wedding Singer will be performed live and on stage. That's next on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. What do you have in your closet? 
How about that tracksuit? Maybe some acid wash jeans, neon fashions, shoulder pads. You've been looking for a place to wear that members-only jacket, your lace, or your swatch watch. You might even get to do some breakdancing. That's because Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre is presenting as their upcoming production, The Wedding Singer. And we're going to find out all about it. David Parmalee joins us. He is the general manager of Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre and the show's director, Michael Speranzo. They're going to tell us how, well, you can not only enjoy the show, but if you have any of those items in the back of your closet, get them out because they want you to come dressed like the 80s. David, I'm going to start with you. The general manager of the Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre always has something great going on. And what are we not want to miss that's coming up real soon? Paula, thank you so much. And yes, we do. We do live community theater for everybody. We like to think that we have something for everyone in our season. And coming up September 8th through 17th is a truly fun musical. The Wedding Singer. Of course, if you're familiar with the movie, the Adam Sandler movie, you know what a hit that was and how it just kind of struck a nerve where people enjoyed themselves. And the same is true of the musical adaptation. It is a truly fun evening of musical theater, and we're so happy to be bringing it to Northeastern Pennsylvania. Exactly. And yes, I'm sure a lot of people are hearing that saying, oh, I definitely have to catch this one. And joining us today is the director. And Michael, I understand that you've actually been in the production. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a long time ago, I was, I was still in high school at the time. Um, I did a we did a production and then I, you know, went off and went to college and came back and learned a bunch of stuff. And I guess I, we all end up back in the same position we left, I suppose. So, so here I am again. What were you? What were you in that production? Uh, we played the character of Sammy, the the best friend, bandmate type. So now this mm-hmm. time around, you have a much bigger role because you are directing yeah. now I am I am it's been a few it's been a few years since all of this has happened back when and now and mm-hmm. in your mind have you changed anything oh for sure you know the theater's a lot bigger I'm older <laughs> you know like I said so I've been able to really approach things in a different style and thing with at the time when you're working with people in high school and underage people and stuff like that the just the method of rehearsal there's nothing else if nothing else compared to the actual quality and content of the production has to change a lot but then the minute you start working with adults and making products for adults it's it definitely it's definitely a different experience let alone my own personal experience uh, changing it so how did you end up becoming the director me and david have been talking a lot and i've been you know wanting to direct something there for a very long time i'm a i'm really really big into film first and foremost. And so I like to direct things in a very naturalistic sense and approach film as being kind of this transcendent media in this way. And and Wedding Singer, obviously, like we said, was a movie first. So, you know, it felt like a fit, if not, if, you know, if any. What's your background, Michael? You know, I did theater for a long time. I went to school to pursue performing arts in Hollywood and just graduated about a year ago. I'm usually a performer, but I've worked pretty much every job in a theater to a certain extent. I've done lighting, audio, now directing, 
so I've really kind of put my fingers in every pie available. Yeah, and then this is my first foray into directing in this area, so that's definitely a new experience. Are you originally from here? I am. I'm from, I'm from Scranton. Yeah, and I just, like I said, I just came back a little over a year ago at this point. So, David, what brought you to Michael in order to ask him, hey, why don't you come and direct something here? We were in the Rocky Horror Show together last fall, and I played Dr. Scott, and the character in the script is in a wheelchair, which is good because I don't dance. So that way I didn't have to. Michael was in the ensemble, and he does. And we got to talking about film, like he said, over 65 years old. So I remember the 80s, which is what the film is all about and what the musical is all about, is revisiting the 80s, the way some of the great musical productions revisit the 50s or the 60s. So he's looking at it from a retrospective of somebody who wasn't there. And I'm kind of remembering, yeah, we, we did wear clothes like that, didn't we? And Michael is making it a lot of fun. He has a real appreciation for what the musical is trying to evoke. And we're going to stage it that way. It is, in fact, a trip back to the 80s in a very lighthearted, comical way. Not literally, of course. And everything about the set, the lighting, the costumes, and the style of performance is pointed in that direction. And he truly appreciates it. So it's been an awful lot of fun to work with him and the creative staff he has assembled. And now you're also talking about a live orchestra that's performing. Yes, we remain committed to a live orchestra at Little Theater. It is possible to use a recorded track and sing with it. Of course, if you make a mistake, the recorded track doesn't know. And for the audience, it's not the same experience at all. So Linda Houck, our music director, who I actually went to high school with, has assembled a beautiful orchestra, highly talented people who are veterans of every kind of music, especially theater. And the audience is going to love them. Michael, tell us about your cast, especially the wedding singer himself. Our wedding singer, uh, Robbie Hart, is being played by the wonderfully talented Javon Barnes, great friend of mine, fantastic performer. He's anything that there is to do in theater in this area. He's done it more than once and told everyone else about it. He he's incredible, but one of the one of the hardest things that we had to do with him is that unfortunately, and um, a, a couple of years ago, Little Theater began to put this production up for the first time, and it got shut down due to COVID. And Javon was the same role at that time, so it's this hard thing to approach where you have someone who, fortunately for me, already knows a lot of the part, but it's under an entirely new context and a new director, and things are different. But he's adapting wonderfully, as is the rest of the cast. They're all doing incredible. And, you know, I I couldn't ask for a better group of people to work with. You two met under the guise of Rocky Horror. So that was an entirely different concept. But part of that concept could be brought to this show. Are you going to encourage people to dress like the 80s? Oh, well, that's the idea. For sure. For sure. For sure. We've been down to planning every single aspect of crowd interaction. And like, I want I want people to feel like they're at these weddings and I want people to feel like they're at these this club, you know, down to the drinks that are being served or down to, you know, how how people are talking. And I'm going to try to encourage this as much as possible. And if we can get people to hey, go dig into your closet, see what you can find. Absolutely. David? I might have a skinny tie somewhere in the bottom of a bin <laughs> or, or, or one of those jackets with the giant shoulders. It's, when you look back 
fashion, of course, has its ups and downs. That was a period of time when it came to how people looked. And you look back and think, why did we fall for that? Well, we did. And it was fun. Well, I just want to know if you have the Aquanet hairspray. In any dressing room in community theater, you will find all kinds of things to control hair while dancing. I'm glad to have gotten to meet Michael, and I'm sure it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun because he sounds like he's a lot of fun. But I'm going to let the general manager of Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre, David Parmley, give everyone the official invitation and tell us the when and the where. Please join us. We would love to have you. This show in front of a big crowd at Little Theater will be a great evening. We're going to start on September 8th, closing on September 17th. And as always, Fridays and Saturdays, we start at 8. That's our curtain. And on Sundays, we have a matinee at 3. You can reserve your tickets online at ltwb.org. That's Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre, LTWB. Or just give us a call. 570-823-1875 and leave a voicemail, ask for confirmation and reserve your tickets that way. Part of our mission is to keep live theater with live orchestra affordable for everybody. So tickets are just $25. Michael, because you're the director, so you should be the one to tell everybody to come on down. I hope we see as many people as possible and I hope we can really bring everyone into this world that we've worked so hard to create. And and I look forward to seeing tons of people leave happy. From Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre, thanks once again to David Parmalee and Michael Sperzano. And of course, you can see it again. The curtain goes up September 8th to the 17th, Fridays and Saturdays at 8, Sundays at 3 at Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre. And you can log on to ltwb.org for ticket information. So take a chill pill. You're guaranteed to have a like totally for sure, awesomely rad, totally tubular time. No psych. Yes way. And another one of those times is also coming up. Don't go away. The inaugural class of the Luzerne County Arts Entertainment Hall of Fame next on Special Edition. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Next on Special Edition, it's been a long time coming, but it's finally here. And Bill O'Boyle, a member of the organizing committee of the Luzerne County Arts Entertainment Hall of Fame, as well as a Times leader staff writer and columnist, is here to tell us about the inaugural class, which will be hosting a big night in October. 
Bill O'Boyle, what a pleasure to have you here. You are on the cutting edge of the Luzerne County Arts and Entertainment Hall of Fame. Before we get into all the details, how about you give us the details of how all this came about? Well, it's been, it's been a, a long journey, but uh, over the years, uh, Joe Nardone and I have always talked about establishing a Luzerne County Arts and Entertainment Hall of Fame, and uh, uh, to be honest with you, we just never were able to see it through, but uh, a little more than a year ago, Joe called me and said, uh, hey, we need to get this done, so uh, he asked me to put together a committee, which I did, which is, includes him and I, uh, Lindsey Griffin Boylan of the Chamber, Tony Brooks, Wilkesbury City Council and Wilkesbury Preservation Society, uh, Wilkesbury Mayor George Brown, uh, Constance Wynn, who uh, is the head and founder of Rediscover- Rediscovering Ancestry Through Culture and Education, Alan K. Stout of the Visit Luzerne County, Jody Bush, a longtime local musician and recording engineer, and we started meeting and we put it together. We formed two committees, one for the arts, which Tony Brooks chaired, and one for the entertainment side, which uh, was a co-chair of all the people on that committee, which was Alan Stout and Connie Wynn and uh, 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 Jody uh, Jody Bush. Uh, and we had a few other people that joined them on that committee. It was a very, very painstakingly long process. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to make sure our first list of inductees was going to be pretty much the list of those who have made significant contributions to arts and entertainment who either hailed from Luzerne County, uh, lived in Luzerne County, or made their mark in Luzerne County, or who went left Luzerne County and made their mark nationally or internationally. And I think both committees nailed it. We have quite a list of uh, inductees which will be inducted and honored on October 14th at Mohegan, Pennsylvania, and it's going to be one heck of a night. It sure sounds it, because when you look at the list, and I'm going to let you run down the list in just a few moments, but when you look at the list, this isn't just a list of people who, well, they're they're not household names. And was that one of the reasons why you all decided that this was so important? Because even though these folks aren't household names that you would just roll off the tip of your tongue. They're people that have really had such an impact, as you said, not only here, but they've taken their talents out of the area into other areas, and they've been able to share them with so many others. Yeah, it it was our goal to make sure that we started off here with people who made significant contributions uh, in the arts and in entertainment, and who had very strong Luzerne County connections. And we wanted to keep it in Luzerne County because if we went out of Luzerne County, then the, the, the task would be just too too difficult. So what we did is we came up with, with quite a group, and uh, I'll go through them because I'm really <laughs> very proud of the committees and what they did here to get these uh, – names. They're all familiar names, I think, uh, but maybe people don't know just how significant their contributions are. And there will be quite an extensive uh, 
explanation of all of them uh, in the program uh, booklet for that night and in a special uh, tab that uh, the t- Times leader here is going to uh, uh, publish prior to the dinner. But in the arts category, and sadly, six of the eight inductees are, are deceased, but uh, nonetheless, they are deserving of, of getting in here. Uh, first one is Adrian Pearsall, an architect and a furniture designer who designed hundreds of distinctive furniture designs between 1952 and the mid-70s, and his furniture was the epitome of classic American mid-century modern design. I mean, that's, that's just amazing to me. Barbara Weisberger, founder of the Pennsylvania Ballet. She founded that, that organization in 1961, and she was George Balanchine's protege and his first American student as a child. C. Edgar Patience, a coal artist, who took the ordinary piece of coal and sculpted it into something extraordinary. The anthracite sculptor, who lived from 1906 to 1972, crafted works which were given as gifts to U.S. presidents and displayed in many museums. George Catlin, a Native American painter, was born near Public Square in 1796. This world-famous Native American painter is the first American to have a large-scale exhibition at the Louvre in Paris. This collection is now at the Smithsonian. Hammond Edward, better known as Ham Fisher, comic strip writer and cartoonist, who was an American comic strip writer and cartoonist born in Wilkesbury in 1900, and he's best known for the popular newspaper comic strip Joe Palooka. Sue Hand who's still with us, and she is best known for her artworks in watercolor and her hexagon-shaped historical illustrations of mining, the anthracite miners and their hallowed ground. Hand is the founder of the National Miniature Art Organization, Cider Painters of America. This name might be familiar. Jack Palance, American actor, known for playing tough guys and villains, born in Hazleton in 1919. He was nominated for three Academy Awards and won an Oscar for Best Actor in a Supporting Role in City Slickers. And Santo Loquasto, who most people should know but maybe don't know, but he's a production and costume designer for stage, film, and dance, Tony Award-winning production designer, scenic designer, and costume designer for stage, film, and dance. He was born in Wilkes-Barre in 1944, and he was the production and costume designer for every single movie made by Woody Allen. Wow. See, now there's a list so, of names that a lot of people might just, not recognize. That's just the the eight in the uh, arts category. We have 10 inductees. Well, 10, some of them are groups, but uh, it, 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 it's an amazing list when you when you hear it. Uh, Lee Vincent. <laughs> he formed the Lee Vincent Orchestra when he returned from World War II, and he rose to prominence shortly after playing locally and nationally. And in February 1951, he and several other jazz groups performed in downtown Wilkes-Barre from from six o'clock till the wee hours of the next day in what would become the beginnings of the Newport Jazz Festival. No way! I didn't even know that. <laughs> Yeah, and Lee was not only a musician, but an orchestra leader, talent agent, radio sales manager, played for or arranged for Natalie Cole, Johnny Mathis, Aretha Franklin, just to name a few. 
and I happened to know Lee played cards with Lee and a bunch of other other gentlemen, and and, he, and I went to high school with his, his daughter uh, Candy, who was deceased, and uh, now they have the family has Candy's place uh, in her memory. Uh, just a great great family and a great guy. Absolutely. Now, now this one's familiar. Yeah, this one's familiar because the next one's coming up. The next two are familiar, but they are. When you talk about local music, you talk about these two guys. The first one is it was a natural, and this is not why we organized this, but when the committee met, it was the first name that they brought forward. Absolutely. Joan Ardone. Right. Joan Ardone and his All-Stars. Uh, Joan Ardone has devoted his entire professional life to music. <clears throat> he led the Joan Ardone and the All-Stars. He's entertained thousands of people throughout northeastern Pennsylvania. As a concert promoter, he brought acts such as Neil Diamond, Billy Joel, Kiss to the region when they were still young and up-and-coming artists. And he continues to promote shows featuring some of the most legendary doo-wop acts of all time. As a businessman and a retailer, he's the founder of the Gallery of Sound Record Stores, which have been a haven to music lovers for five decades. And he'll be joined by the core members of his band, the All-Stars. And the next one is the infamous Eddie Depashinsky, who dedicated much of his life to music. He spent 35 years as a music instructor at Greater Nanticoke Area, where he shared his love and knowledge of music with several generations of students. He was the band leader of the highly successful regional acts Eddie Day and TNT and Eddie Day and the Starfires. These acts entertained thousands of people at hundreds of shows throughout the decade. And Eddie still played just last week at Iron Temple and still sounds as, as good as ever. This one is a, uh, a good one that, that I remember because he played in Teeners League in Plymouth when I was coaching. Jimmy Harnon. He's a native of Plymouth and he had a band and called Cinch. And the song was Where Are You Now, which was uh, iconic back in the day. And he's the only artist from Luzerne County to score a top 10 hit on the Billboard Hot 100. But following his own career as a recording artist, Arnon began a successful career in the music business and held positions at DreamWorks Records, Capitol Records, Republic Nashville, and he's currently the president and CEO of BMLG Records. He is credited with the development and signing of dozens of gold and platinum artists and considered to be one of the most respected and influential people in the music industry. Breaking Benjamin. Now, this explosive modern rock band has sold more than 19 million albums in the United States and have earned three platinum al albums and two gold albums. They're the only band with roots in Luzerne County to have an album hit number one on the Billboard album, album chart. Much of their early success stemmed from weekly shows at the former Voodoo Lounge in Luzerne and the airplay received on Wilkes-Barre's 97.9 radio. The band continues to successfully record and play large concert venues and arenas throughout the nation. And being into, inducted into the Luzerne County Arts and Entertainment Hall of Fame are, will be founder Ben Burnley, Burnley and his fa five past and current members, Aaron Fink, Mark James Kopaski, Jeremy Hummel, Chad the Liga and Aaron Brook. This guy I have known all my life, Bobby Baird. He's now, I believe, 93 years old. Took his first trumpet lesson 88 years ago, and his career has spanned nine decades. 
He had a band called Bobby Beard and the Dixieland Band, and his band his career filled with memories of playing with Julius LaRosa, Arthur Fielder, Harry Truman, Ed Sullivan, Esther Williams, Governor Milton Schapp, Harry James, Louis Armstrong, Al Hurt, Peggy Lee, Rosemary Clooney, and countless others. By age 18, Baird was playing trumpet solos in the U.S. Navy Band, playing at the inauguration of President Harry S. Truman. He and the Navy Band toured 48 states and Canada and were featured on the coast-to-coast broadcast, The Navy Hour. Baird has worked with Skitch Henderson and Doc Severinsen of NBC's The Tonight Show. Brunin Krieger and the Krieger Brothers. They played music from 1937 through 1996, locally and nationally, and they were inducted into the International Polka Association Hall of Fame and had both records and radio and TV shows locally. The Boys, one of the first acts from Luzerne County to land a national recording contract and have national success. Known for their impeccable harmonies, the band signed with Spectre Records in 1971 and scored a top 20 hit with the song Timothy. Other notable tracks include Give Up Your Guns. Two members of the group, Billy Kelly and Jerry Hludzik, went on to form the Jerry Kelly Band and Dakota, both of which also signed to national recording contracts. But the start of that and everything that came after began with the boys, and they remain one of the most important iconic bands in the history of Lizard County. Mel Wynn and the Rhythm Aces, perhaps the most impactful band on the local music scene in the 1960s and 1970s. Melvin Samuel Wynn, the front man for the Rhythm Aces, was known for his electrifying onstage perform- performance and presence and was truly a house band that started in people's homes only to become one of the leading groups in northeastern Pennsylvania. He started with the voices, uh, with their voices known as the Shalomars in doo-wop and went on to become one of the top bands of rhythm and blues in the region, producing five records popular in the 50s and 60s. But what they were truly best known for was the integration of our local dances. Most dances up until the 50s were segregated, but that was one large step that the band took and together and weathered the storm. And the Badleys, critically acclaimed uh, Roots rock band, was signed to two national recording contracts and scored national hits with the songs Angeline is Coming Home and Fear of Falling. They have released nine full-length studio albums, three, L- three EPs, and have shared the stage with Robert Plant and Jimmy Page, Bob Seger, and the Allman Brothers. They also appeared on VH1. Prior to their first national record deal, the band built up strong regional followings throughout the state of Pennsylvania, particularly in Luzerne County, where they received substantial radio airplay. Several of the band's albums were recorded in Luzerne County, and the group continues to perform here. Wow. Wow. So that's quite a group. That's it quite is. A group. That is quite a group. And it's it's a wonderful representation from different eras and from all yep. all walks of life. That is really amazing. Now, people are listening and they're saying, oh, I, I love them and I dance to them and I, I've heard them and I have their CDs. So how can we get tickets and how can we be a part of this inter of this very entertaining and inaugural class of 2023. Well, the tickets are on sale online at timesleader.com. They can go to the Times Leader and, and purchase them on, online, or they can go to Joan Ardone's Gallery of Sound or the FM Kirby Center 
and pick them up there. Now, tickets are $100 a piece, but I will tell you, that's pretty much just covering our costs. Uh, but it's going to be a heck of a night because all of these people are going to be honored and inducted, but we're also going to have performances. Most of the music performers are going to be there to perform, and if they're not here, like in the case of the uh, of Mel Wynn or the uh, Krieger Brothers, we're going to have representations of them, okay? Uh, but uh, we're going to have a tribute to Lee Vincent. We're going to have a tribute to, uh, we're going to have Breaking Benjamin sing uh, some songs. We hope Bobby Baird can come there and, and do a trumpet solo or two. Uh, we're going to have polka bands there to play the Krieger Brothers. Billy Kelly and some of the members of the boys are going to be there. Uh, the Badleys are going to perform. So it's going to, and Jimmy Harden also is, is going to perform his song, Where Are You Now, which is going to be a big treat, you know, for, for, for everybody at the, at the dinner. So it's going to be a, a, a nice event. Uh, you know, the, the awards are, are the special presentations, but it's going to have a party atmosphere too, because we're going to actually hear, in the case of the entertainment, Sector, sector, you know the music that were, were was made by all these people. We're going to have a band do a tribute to Lee Vincent, and, and I mean it's just going to be a, a, a night of, uh, of a special recognition for for people and groups that really really deserve it. I was going to ask you if there was a chance to perform. So now, wow, that's that's even more exciting. So, Bill, since you're a member of the committee, I'm going to give you the opportunity to give the official invitation to anyone who may be listening. If you can give us the the when, the where, the how we get tickets, all the good information, and of course, your own personal invitation to invite them to be there as well. Anytime, here's the microphone. You've got it. Like I said, the uh, Luzerne the County Arts and Entertainment Hall of Fame will hold its inaugural induction ceremony and dinner on Saturday, October 14th at Mohegan, Pennsylvania. Tickets are $100 and are available through the Times Leader through its website or by going to uh, Gallery of Sound, Joan Ardone's Gallery of Sound, or the FM Kirby Center and paying there. Okay. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a night that if you are interested in finding out a lot about the art and entertainment history of this county and 18 of the biggest contributors in those areas, uh, this is the place to be. And it's going to be enjoyable because not only will there be the, the ceremonial part of honoring them and presenting them their awards, but also you know, hearing a lot of the honorees playing the songs that made them famous and the kind of music that made them famous and contributed uh, to so many, so many uh, people over the years. And it's just going to be a great night. And uh, and we're, we're happy to do it. And, and the thing with the first group of 18 honorees and inductees, there's a lot as we found out going through the, the the selection process, there's a lot of deserving people out there that will get in there over the years. But the, the point is we've established this. We are moving forward. Uh, we are also looking uh, to start raising money you know, to, to try and get donations, to get uh, some, some uh, a permanent place, maybe to house uh, the Hall of Fame, uh, all that's coming down the road. But uh, the important thing is it's been established, it's happening, and 
deserving people are getting honored and inducted. Well, it's good to know that it's not one and done, and you're going to have to come back and give us more information as all of these things continue. Thank you. I appreciate it, Paul. Thank you for having us. And uh, anytime uh, you want us on again to promote, we uh, we are willing to do that. But uh, this is a great opportunity for people to really come out and have a uh, have a nice evening. It's uh, it, it, it's kind of like a business casual thing. It's not a formal like tuxedo and long gown thing. It's a, a, you know comfortable. Come out and enjoy, and uh, uh, they'll they'll have a great time, and they'll see a lot of people that they've listened to and heard about over the years. Now they can meet them up close and personal. How's that for an evening's entertainment? Thanks to Bill O'Boyle, a member of the organizing committee of the Luzerne County Arts Entertainment Hall of Fame, and also Times Leader staff writer columnist for bringing us all the information. The inaugural class will be inducted October 14th at Mohegan, Pennsylvania. And of course, you can find out more by visiting their website. You can log on to luzfdn.org and get all the information you need. Now, it is Labor Day weekend, Monday being Labor Day. Just in case you were wondering, it's always observed on the first Monday in September. The first Labor Day was marked in 1882 and became a federal holiday in 1894. Labor Day is to recognize and honor the American labor movement, which, in the late 1800s, experienced great turmoil. Now, many think of it as the unofficial end of summer, celebrating in many ways with picnics and many other outdoor activities. And if you are going to be celebrating, remember, celebrate safely this Labor Day weekend. I'm Paula Degnan. I want to thank you for joining me. And we'll catch you back here next weekend on Special Edition. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 